0: This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver because I do. Give them a copy of this book. is called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read one minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Glad to have you with us. Hope for the Caregiver.com. Hope for the Caregiver.com. All right, I want to pivot just a little bit. I was in Denver last week. And I appreciate your flexibility with me while I took a little bit of time off to do some caregiving. Of course, this audience understands that profoundly. While we're down there, we met with two different surgical groups. Last year, Gracie had several operations, and one of them was the large one she had on her back, where they had to go in and reposition her spine uh, because she had developed what they call flat back syndrome. She didn't have any curvature to her spine, and therefore she was bent over about 45 degrees. It was a big, big, big surgery. She also had to have a follow-up surgery to that which because of a a post-op infection, and then we started the recovery process. She also had to have a screw taken out of her left femur where she broke her leg. She fell and broke her leg a year and a half ago. And not the part I can fix with duct tape and pliers, but it's uh, you know it was right above the where her her knee right above where uh, her prosthesis hits, and she twisted and fell and it's just one of those kind of things I mean Gracie has lived a pretty active life as an amputee I mean she's been snow skiing and horseback riding and four wheeling and snowmobiling and everything else. But this is one of those kind of freak things. So they flew her to Billings. They fixed this. But the screw they put in there to anchor that rod in the femur was too long. And when she wore a prosthesis, it was too tight. And it was pinching her. It was stabbing her. It was pretty uncomfortable. So she couldn't walk very well. So we had that taken out in Denver from an ortho group down there. And and everything was good. I told Gracie, said, we got to fix that flat tire. So we fixed that. And, uh, well, I didn't fix it. But I got her down there. And they, gave, they signed off, said, look, it's all healed up. Now, you know, the recovery process, you still have to kind of work it, physical therapy and so forth. We understand that. The neurosurgeon, however, looking at her back, the disc above where the fusion stopped is collapsing. And it's causing a, quite a bit of pain. The technical term is called PJK, proximal junctional kyphosis. And what they're going to do is go up over the curve that she now has in her back and fuse more, I mean, anchor it more with um, rods and so forth to the thoracic area. And then that should straighten her back all the way. Uh, She's still been over enough that it's a problem. And then six months after that, surgery is completed then the orthosurgeons will go back in and do what they call a hip flexor release because she's been sitting in a wheelchair, bent over, um, hasn't been able to stand up straight, and her hip flexors got really tight. Okay, that's the bad news. All of that is happening, and I wanted to give you all that update because that's going to involve me being in and out quite a bit over the next several months. The good news is the surgeon, the neurosurgeon told us this, look, this is – a complication that comes for about 20% of the patients that have the kind of surgery that Gracie did last January. And we know exactly what to do with it. Now, why is that important? Well, you know, certainly it's important. So somebody knows what they're doing. This is not one of those unexpected things, but for so much of Gracie's journey, we heard, we've never seen this before, or this is a first or all those kinds of things. And the Vast majority of her surgeries that she's had were done to save her legs following her wreck. They were done to try to, to, you know, nobody wanted this 17-year-old girl to wake up and find her legs gone. And this is back in 83. And then the subsequent surgeries after that, trying to save these legs. Well, prosthetics took a huge turn in the 90s and really started, becoming the state-of-the-art things that we see today when she lost her right leg uh, she started off on this thing called a flex foot that was you know brand new where you had this this energy storing carbon fiber feet and so forth nowadays that protocol would probably be a lot different the advancements in prosthetics are such that removing a terribly damaged limb that really is beyond repair, Um, doesn't have quite the same impact. Because of prosthetics, you can get back up and start living a pretty functional life. But we didn't have that opportunity at the time, and nobody really knows the pain you're saved from. They only know the pain you have. And the thought of giving up her legs was was horrific to Gracie and everyone involved, and, and we've talked about that on this program. But there was this mindset, a philosophical mindset of let's try this, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And in the process, Gracie is in the shape she's in today because of a lot of that. I'm not placing blame on surgeons, Gracie, me, or anybody else. I'm just saying this is what it is. Hindsight is always twenty-twenty. So what have we learned from this? Well, I've come to understand that When it comes to caring for Gracie, the plan of care has to be partnered with the philosophy of care. Now, let me explain. Gracie is in chronic pain. She has severe pain all the time. Not a day without it since 1983. She can get out of pain today, right now, but she would be so sedated or so anesthetized or so numb that she couldn't function. So you have to have a philosophy. Okay, what is the goal here? Is the goal to get her out of pain? Well, that's not possible and have any kind of meaningful life. So she has to learn to cope with the pain and deal with it. That's the philosophy part of this. How do I do this? Well, the same thing with surgical approach with her. And she's had so many of them and we've been to this well. She's an orthopedic train wreck. And so, and that's not my words, Those are the, at the, she's at the far end of complex orthopedic trauma. And so you have to have a philosophical approach to this. Okay, what is the best thing to do overall for Gracie, the wholeness of the person? And so when I had this conversation with the neurosurgeon, I was very encouraged that he was thinking the same way, that we don't just try something, that we have this thing mapped out before she ever shows up at the hospital. Okay, so that's, I mean, as as much as possible. I mean, you, there's always something that can go awry, but you're not just hoping for the best. You're going in there with a very detailed plan of this is exactly what we're going to do. So when they took that screw out of her femur, they knew exactly what to do and how to get it done, and what to expect. It was it was all laid out. This was not, you know, we're going to try this. So that's the approach we're taking with this. Now we can look back over our life, and I think this is where we as caregivers can can identify, and we spent a lot of time here, quite truthfully. We're hoping for a better past. You know? You ever felt like that? That you're hoping for a better past? But the past is what it is. It's happened. Here's where we are. Here's what's happened. Now what are we going to do about it? And we can sit there and commiserate over the trauma we can sit there and and just weep and gnash our teeth and by the waters of babylon we sat down and wept kind of thing we can do that or we can set our face forward like flint and just say you know this is where we are going we know where we've been we know what's happened and we see it for what it is we accept it for what it is we don't agree with it we don't have to like it we're not required to like it but accepting it is the hardest part for us sometimes as human beings i think that's part of the human condition and now we're going to have tears about this you and i both know this all right we got tears aplenty and it will be hard and it will be difficult and painful certainly for gracie And for me as well. She's really making me brush up on a lot of my nursing skills. And that's just the way it is. Now, what are our options? She cannot not do this. There are dire consequences if she doesn't do it. And there are challenging events if she does. This is the life of so many of you all. As caregivers, what do you do? And this is not a moral decision where we're going to sin one way or the other. We are getting the best advice and we're making the decision. But even if the decision proves something you know unexpected happens or whatever, it's not a sin issue. There it's really important for me to understand that, for Gracie to understand that, and for the rest of us to to have that conversation. Because I think that sometimes so many people want to put pressure on us when we make these kinds of decisions. Well, if you had enough faith, or if you would just do this, or if you would go to this preacher, or if you would go to this, or if you would, you know, send money to this guy, you know, whatever. And that kind of stuff is really bondage. That's not faith. That's that's ritual. That's legalism. That's... Um, that's 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 dysfunction faith is saying i trust that god is already waiting for gracie in the hospital in denver for that surgery he's already there that's faith i trust the ever-living one his wounds for me doth plead as the hymn says and this did not come easily to either one of us but this is our life. And we're not going to, okay, we'll get through this surgery and then we'll get on with our life. No, this is our life. And I can resent it. I can rail against it. I can cuss, fuss, and holler, cry, scream, everything else. Been there, done that. <laughs> it's not going to change anything. So I turn into it and accept it. Gracie turns into it and accepts this is where I am. This is what I have to live with, and I will trust him in it. Cory Tin Boone once said about trusting an unknown future to a known God. There is no way that Gracie and I could stand firm in this if we didn't know God. Not as much as we'd like to know him, but we know him a lot more than we did back in the 1980s. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. That's what the hymn says. Finish it with me. T'was grace that brought us thus far, and grace will lead Gracie home. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage in, when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet boxes of them and so forth and I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that Core Civic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are are lower limb, and that's where the focus of Standing with Hope is. That's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona, where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that: inmates volunteering for this, they want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it. And I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see again all of that at standingwithhope.com/recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to Point them to Christ, and that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. StandingwithHope.com. Take my hand.